hey, hey, Doctor Who fans, welcome to the Big Blue Box podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And welcome to episode 334. Yeah. One day, I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine. Our lives are different to anybody else's. That's the exciting thing. Nobody in the universe can do what we're doing. I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow, so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. You may be a doctor, but I'm the doctor. The definite article, you might say. The trouble with time travel is, one never seems to find the time. Change, my dear. And it seems not a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. I am the doctor. For now, for this moment, I am the doctor again. The ground beneath our feet is spinning at a thousand miles an hour. And the entire planet is hurtling around the sun at 67,000 miles an hour. And I can feel it. We're falling through space, you and me. People assume that time is a strict progression of cause to effect. But actually, from a non-linear, non-subjective view, more like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. I could be a curator. I'd be great at curating. I'd be the great curator. <laughs> I could retire and do that. I'm the doctor. I've lived for over 2,000 years, and not all of them were good. I've made many mistakes, and it's about time that I did something about that. Bit of adrenaline, dash of outrage, and a hint of panic knitted my brain back together. I know exactly who I am. I'm the Doctor. Sorting out fair play throughout the universe. Hey, 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 who fans? Welcome back to another week. This is episode 334. Hope you're keeping well and safe. You've had a cracking week. And that you've managed to do something Doctor Who related. Related. <laughs> it's a bit late in there. A little bit. I was moving my mic really carefully so it didn't switch off again and <laughs> in the yeah, it threw me. <laughs> Penultimate episode for review this can week. You, can you believe it? Yeah, it's only six eps, isn't it? I know, mate, but literally it feels like yesterday I was sitting down, we're getting the projector set up to watch episode one and i was like yeah and mm. and now we're at the end already well pretty much at the end yeah it's crazy now look yeah now look at it yeah <laughs> there's a heck of a lot to tie up this week oh. <laughs> I, I can't stop thinking about it i'm like i'm really looking forward to seeing how this plays out <laughs> but blimmin' heck no Chibbers, pressure what have you yeah. He's really like just he's got just imagine him walking down the road with all this bag baggage. He's like, all right, I've gotta <laughs> gotta get this to the end. Uh, how is he gonna do it, mate? Honestly, yeah. The execs at the BBC are like, are you sure about this, Chris? Because <laughs> you know we're fans as well, some of us, and we've watched it, and uh, it seems like you've left an awful lot untied. Still, you're gonna be able to sort <laughs> this out, mate. Just watch this. He's he's got it surely. Well, we'll see. There's a writing mechanism called the reset button, chaps. Oh no, don't! That would be the worst. Well, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. It's only six button. Can you imagine if they just dump this on iPlay? You know, like they do with a lot of oh. series these days on Netflix. You just dump the whole lot on 
and you binge watch it. Can you imagine that? We all hit it in one day. Yeah. And uh, and you'd, it probably it might have been. Uh, I don't know. I'm not. Sure. I don't know. Could you watch six of these in a in a go? I probably could. Hmm. Brand new, anyway. Say, for example, if they did that, it's like yeah, here all all six apps landing on iPlayer in one day. Probably would do. You know, it's just, it's yeah. just occurred to me, actually, you saying that. This is probably the first episode since Chibbers took over that I probably would sit mm. all the way through. I think um, we've said before, I, I, and I think you're the same, I haven't gone back and watched hardly any of Series 11 or 12. In fact, I, I think I've only watched them more than once because we've reviewed them. I haven't ever, I never ever, like, have any inclination to go back and watch those series at all. Not even Not even the episodes I thought were half decent. I never feel like watching them. And yet this series, despite many flaws, uh, there is something about it uh, that's kept me intrigued and I'm enjoying it. And, well, we'll see how it finishes up. Hopefully it'll be good. But, but yeah, I would would happily go back and watch um, even episodes like episode three, which was a complete mind melter. <laughs> even that, I think I would go back and watch it. And, you know, there's, there's, there's something, something's clicked, isn't it, this series that's definitely worked better. It's well, got we'll more find out. Value. Well, later. yeah, we, it could all. We this yeah. time next week, it could all be. <laughs> it, it will have either. It will either be uh, a positive, <laughs> or it will have all gone wrong. It's going to be one or the other, isn't it? Yeah, I still think that a lot of this is going to carry over into these other specials into next year. Yeah, definitely. I think so too. I think so. Which might not be a bad thing because. Mm. You know, otherwise, if if we've still got these three specials and you've kind of tied everything up in this one series, then those three specials, I don't know, are they just like little dregs that were just, you know, little breadcrumbs thrown at us to tide us over to the 60th? I don't know. It needs, I suppose it needs something to yeah. link it all in and carry it on. Otherwise, what was the point of staying and doing three more sort of thing? Exactly, yeah. Unless at the end of episode six, the Doctor's going to wake up in the TARDIS, in um, Capaldi's clothes, after banging her head, she'd be like, "That was a crazy dream I've just had." Bit like um, Dallas, dream. yeah. You know, it's gonna um, Yaz is gonna <laughs> wake up and open the shower door, and Jodie's gonna be in there and be like, "You look like you just saw a ghost." Yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah so it could be a Dallas moment. I hope not. That be, be. Well, yeah. imagine if he does the reset thing, mate. I think that's probably the worst. <laughs> that's probably the worst scenario. That will be the laziest after all of yeah. this. I don't think he can't do that. That would be well. We'll five see. minutes before the end of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh no! Imagine. Yeah, they'll be in the TARDIS, and there'll be this weird sound, kind of like the cloister bell, but not just weird. <laughs> and they move towards it, and there's this massive red glowing button on the wall. The Doctor's like, with all the exposition, of course. Yeah. With this button, will send us back in time by X amount. But there's a warning that comes with it. We're going to lose all of our memories of what's happened. Do we press it? Yes or no? And then Dan trips over and falls on it, and it's done. It's done. Out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. Just as she's feeding bits of old cabbage into the flux capacitor <laughs> on the console. <laughs> Actually, that wouldn't look out of place on that console, would it? The, the flux, flux capacitor. capacitor. Can you imagine, dude, the crossover event? The, oh, uh, the DeLorean just smashes through the side of the top. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, uh, I haven't done anything Doctor Who related the last week, dude, other than watched uh, 
Survivors of the Flux, our review episode a couple of times. Other than that, it's mm. been quite quiet for me, dude. But I know you've been out and about again, so hit us. What have you done? <laughs> yeah, I've been out and about. Uh, yeah, another weekend, another convention. I went to um, the a Phantom event in Chiswick, uh, which we've spoken about many times. The, the very small little conventions, about 100 people in a little, in a tiny little uh, hall in Chiswick. Uh, a, a really great day again. Uh, they're always so relaxed. And um, I met... Uh, Sylvester McCoy and Sophie Aldred, who uh, we've both met. Uh, I've met them many times, but the reason I, I, I went along to this one again um, is because Phantom, and this is all down to COVID, they, they've started doing these photo shoots with the TARDIS in between you, so it's like a socially distanced picture. They are the most gorgeous pictures uh, to get. So I've kind of got hooked on trying to get as many dot two people in the in this style of photo shoot because they're so good. I was showing it to my mum at the weekend and saying to saying to her, like, you compare that photo, which looks amazing, which cost me £10 with, like, Sophie Aldred or whoever it is, Peter Purvis, Vesper McCoy. Compare that lovely photo. They give you the digital copy for free, and you don't have to wait months. It's there the next day. Digital copy for free. And I compare that to the ones I got at LFCC, which, you know, no offence, love it at LFCC and all that, but... 35 quid, whatever, that same old blue background, the lightings, I look sort of red in the face. I mean, just like everything about it, it, there's no comparison. You have to pay £5 for the digital for Showmasters as well, on top of your 35 you've already found. I'm just like, those Chiswick events, mate, they're just so, so nice. Not only are they relaxed, you get value for money. I come back and I was so pleased with the photos I got. So got Sophie and Sylv together with the TARDIS and me in the middle in the TARDIS, them either side, a beautiful picture. Uh, I met Peter Purvis, got a picture with him. Uh, who else was there that day? Those, those were the only ones I met because I, as I said, was trying to keep it, you know, the old cash. been spending quite a bit recently. So, but yeah, just such a good day. And um, the only other thing I've got is uh, this weekend, I've got City of Death coming up at the BFI, which I'm really excited about. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Another BFI screening. Obviously, this will be the last one this year. So, going to make the most of that, which does mean I'm going to be missing. Uh, the the finale because um, I'm doing the quiz of wrestling after it straight after the screening so I'm gonna it's gonna be a full on day and I thought well, it does mean I'm I'm not gonna get home in time for the finale so I'm gonna have to stay I'm it's gonna <laughs> I hope what I don't do what normally happens is I have a few drinks and then stay and then open Twitter on the train on the way home and I hope you know I've I've got to try and be restrained because this I would imagine there's gonna be a few surprise this round in surely this week um so yeah i got to try and avoid that mm, got to show some well, self-restraint i think on that one dude. yeah it kind of goes out the window after a few drinks so and then the other thing i don't <laughs> want to do is watch uh, doctor who drunk again because <laughs> 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 if it's going to be as complicated as some weeks i think i need to be fully coherent so yeah, yeah. Agree, but then man. again there's that thing of i'm bound to want to watch it as soon as i get in so i don't know might be another drunken first watch and then a, a sober rewatch before we record. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, you have to have at least one sober watch through. Oh, I yeah. always do. I mean, I, I, I've like I rewatched uh, Survivors of the Flux last night, um, ready for today. So yeah, I always I, I, any episode, I always like to give it a couple of watches anyway. Especially this series, I think <laughs> this this is more than ever as needed. At least two watches to really get your head around what's going on. Maybe even three or four. Mm. So yeah, agreed. Yeah. So yeah, good, good, uh, some good stuff going on, and then of course it's going to be Crimbo before we know it. Yeah, it's a good so, point, dude. Yeah, it's coming up fast that one. It is. And then we've got, got the festive special. Oh, the tree's up, dude. Yeah. 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 Really? Oh, I yeah. haven't even got mine out of the uh, storage yet. The old plastic tree with bent arms and. 
<laughs> yeah, I'll dig that out later. Yeah. Yeah, the tree's always up ready for the 1st of December, dude. Without yeah. fail. Without fail. In a way, I'm kind of pleased we're getting a festive special this year rather than the Christmas because uh, I'm not going to be around uh, this Christmas. So actually, um, yeah, so I'm kind of looking forward to it, watching this on New Year's Day this time. Yeah, for a change. Same, I normally yeah. like the Christmas feel of a Doctor Who episode, but yeah, I'm up for a, I'm up for a, what do you call it? Festive. I was going to say seasonal. I'm up for, up for a festive special this year. Mm. No, I'm the same. Yeah, we're away this year, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Yeah, COVID fingers and all crossed, that. Yeah. So yeah, we won't be here anyway. So yeah. This one, yeah, this one year, it's cool. There is something cool, though, about watching it in a hotel room. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I watched, um, what was the Dalek one? <laughs> the Dalek. <laughs> well, like that narrows one. it down. What was that one that had those Daleks in? The, uh, the, it was the Dalek one where the, the woman had the Dalek squid on her back, whatever that was called. Oh, um, yeah. I watched that in a hotel mm. room because we were on our way somewhere. We were away. Um, and I watched... Uh, Capaldi's last one, uh, where he regenerated into Jody. Once upon a time, mm-hmm. I watched that in a hotel room in, uh, gosh, that? Shanghai. So yeah, I think those. Yeah, so I've watched a couple in a hotel room. I know what you mean. It's kind of like feels kind of cool watching some Doctor when you're on holiday, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like you've brought you've brought a little bit of Blighty with you. I guess is the the best way to think about it. But there is one downside though to watching Doctor Who in North America. On two occasions, actually no, three occasions, twice in Canada, once in America, I've watched Doctor Who. And the bloody adverts, mate, I mean, we are... Oh, I know. We are fortunate. So here in the UK, anyone that doesn't know, on the BBC, it's funded via the licence payer. So as a result, there are no adverts during the programming. It's it's all, you know, you watch it from start to finish uninterrupted. It's all good. The other channels here do, though. They rely on sort of ad revenue and stuff. But on the BBC, anyway, it's just uninterrupted but in north america it's like every so every six to seven minutes it's an advert literally so you can't get through an episode without five or six rounds of adverts it's bloody awful oh. yeah i know you're just getting into it and it cuts off it's, it's crazy isn't it yeah yeah this other weird thing that americans sorry not americans in general sorry if you're an american listener <laughs> but just north american tv in general not i don't know if they do it much anymore but Back in like the day when, when was that like sort of the mid to early 90s through to early 2000s, things like Star Trek, The Next Generation and those sorts of things. It was really weird that that it didn't, it didn't transpire here in the UK, but they used to do um, a minute's worth of footage and then go to an advert straight away. Like it was one minute and that was it. And then mm. you had a round of adverts and then the intro theme would kick in. So, yeah. like, the Next Generation example, in the UK, we didn't have it. We just had Picard talking to Riker for a, a minute, and then the theme would kick in. He'd be like, oh, that's weird. But they, sh- I don't know if they do it anymore, but these structures literally around the ad blocks. Very strange, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it really, like, the flow of the whole episode is gone then, isn't it? Yeah. So I've experienced yeah. that. I know exactly what you're talking about, yeah. Thank God for Netflix then. Disney yeah. Plus and that sort of thing, you can just do what you want. Yeah. Exactly. Anyway, anyway. Anyway, before we get on to some chat around viewing ratings and stuff like that, and obviously our review, I just want to let you know that a new episode of our podcast drops every single Friday, so make sure you follow us on whatever podcast app you listen to your podcast on. If this is the first time that you're joining us, then welcome, welcome. If you're coming back, one of your grizzled ancients, then welcome back. Uh, just very quickly, thank you so much. We had a whole raft of people tweeting us last night 
because every year Spotify do this thing called Spotify Wrapped, where they give you a summary of all your listening uh, habits and stuff over the year. And we had so many people that posted screenshots to say, the Big Blue Box podcast was our most listened podcast, you know, mm. all the episodes and thousands of minutes, everything. So that's really, really appreciated. So thank you so much if you are a long time listener. Or like I said, if you've just found us, then that's very cool. Welcome, welcome. Yeah. But do make sure you follow us, though, on whatever podcast app. So Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, you know, Google, Amazon, all of those things. Uh, make sure you follow us on there. We have a website, too, that has all of the episodes for free over there, plus all the reviews and articles from our writing team. It's www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. And on there, you can link off to the socials, too. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Come and give us a like and a follow. We chat Doctor Who throughout the week and we have a free discord server as well so hop over there and chat some more doctor who with other cool who fans and also remember to check out my co-host channel over on youtube it is the geeks handbag geeks handbag yes i'm going to be working on a a new video this afternoon after we record this um looking at the new doctor who calendars yeah so yeah i don't know when it'll be up but very soon i want to get (laughs) want to get that video out soon so yeah but while i'm doing that there's billions of videos on there for you to go and enjoy so go and have a look at that there is loads yeah and adam's on oh, the socials right. too under the same name the geeks handbag so go and give him a like and a follow because he's a bit chatty on the old socials too which is good that is me yeah yes. yeah a bit of a natter a bit of a gas bag those calendars better be good mate i'll be honest with you the last um, two years they've been dreadful i've skipped them really um yeah. yes they are I, I, well i don't know because i have a feeling that uh yeah, I think you'll like them. I don't know. We'll see. Your taste differs to mine on these t- sort of things. Yeah. But I, th- I think you'll like them. I'm not sure. There are a few. I've already noticed there's a few slight errors, like the wrong Davros with, you know, like they put the modern Davros with the fourth For doctor. For heaven's sake. You know, the sort of thing that is just a, a deal breaker when buying these calendars. But um, no, I, I, I have to say, I, I like them this year. They're very colourful. If you want a bit of colour in your room, and I'm looking at your room now, actually, it could do with a bit of colour. No. Limit, Nick. No, I've never really no. noticed before. Your room's like Darth Vader's, um, I don't know, throne. You just need that big seat in there, and it would be, it's all black. It's not black. It's a, it's a, it's a nice grey, sort of y grey colour. It's very cool. Is there any colour in there? I've, I've never really noticed this before, but your whole room is grey. Yeah, I like it. Is there any colour in there? Well, yeah, I need to, well, actually, it's a good point. I do need to get my... I've you got need to so paint many... a big rainbow on that back wall, a big flux rainbow. <laughs> well, do you know what it is, dude? I've got so much, um, so much artwork and art prints and stuff that I need to get framed and up on the wall. I've only mm-hmm. got a few bits. You can't see them because they're on the wall this side. But yeah, that is a good point. I wanted to get that sorted in the new year. But yeah, because you've got a massive space behind you wall that that that, that needs a print on mm-hmm. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've never noticed this before. We've record, been recording for years in the same room, and I've only just noticed that you have got some cool figures behind you. I'll give you that because uh, I'm trying to describe this to you, listeners, because obviously you can't see it. But Gary's in a grey room with a grey sh- a black shelf, and then on that shelf he's got loads of Star Wars figures. I can't see any Doctor Who because he's obviously a bit of a traitor, but uh, <laughs> but I can see lots of cool Star Wars figures and what looks like a BTS Funko Pop, but I'm sure it's not. What's that Funko Pop I can see? It's not BTS, is it? BTS? Uh, no, I know it's not. Is it? Is it uh, Rick and Morty? I don't know what one you're looking at, dude. Well, I can only see one. That one. Oh, Princess Leia, you mean? From oh, Princess Leia. The Empire Leia. Strikes okay. Back. Yeah. yeah, oh, wicked. Oh, yeah. Just he has to got put, some good uh, stuff on that shelf. He has got some good stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just to put your, your mind at rest, who fans... Um, mm. What Adam can't see, you can't see on the webcam, but 
mm. over on this side. I've got a very big bookcase here with a few shelves worth of Doctor Who stuff on it. We'll take his word for it. So the trait, yeah, don't listen to him. <laughs> Although that has whittled down quite a lot, dude, over the years. I remember having an entire bookcase for Doctor Who stuff. But now it's just three shelves. Yeah. Yeah. No. Got rid. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, thank you, dude. <laughs> Before we get on to our review, some viewing update, some viewing figures updates for survivors of the flux. The flux. It's the flux. The flux. Overnight viewing figures for survivors of the flux. It was watched by 3.82 million people. Ooh. So that's actually up from the previous week. Yeah, God, it's nice to see. I know it's only a small percentage, but it's nice to see it going up for a change, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, which is pretty good. Yeah. The top result, as expected, was Strictly Come Dancing. Now On the Beeb also. Uh, that had just shy of nine mil watching that one and then we've got some consolidated figures for the one before that so village of the angels the consolidated number for that one is 4.55 million viewers mm. and that one is now the lowest seven day consolidated rating since the show came back in 2005 oh right <laughs> uh, but also they try to you know find the silver lining or put some positivity on it so they say that the uh, in terms of the chart positioning doctor who is still performing very well apparently it's the eighth most watched program on bbc television for that week mm, okay which not too bad and then some ai scores for survivors of the flux that one came in at 77 mm, is that good or bad uh that's uh it's not bad it's not great it's not bad either yeah. Mm. Yes. So with one more ep to land, 77 seems to be sort of the average for the series as well. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, because 77 sounds high. Don't you think, oh, 77. But I think uh, I think that's still like one of the lowest AI scores the Doctor Who's got. So it's yeah. like, oh, it's, yeah. it feels like a bit of a double-edged sword, that, doesn't it? But yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Village of the Angels had a score of 79, which was pretty strong. Mm. But the other ones have been around... Um, sort of 76, 77, that kind of area. Yeah. Uh, once Upon Time was 75. So it's those ones that have sort of brought it down, the average score a little bit, but not too right. bad. So I think this has been par for the course, dude, for, for Series 13. Not great, not terrible either. Fairly middle of the road, I suppose. Mm. Yes. Rightio, let's do this. What are we reviewing this week, my good friend? Yeah, so yeah, so we're on to part five, and it's called Survivors of the Flux. These are primal forces of evil that we're dealing with. Some forces I don't even understand yet. I think I'm at risk. Events like the Flux create ripples through time. It will have been foreseen somewhere by some smart people. You need to figure out that date and help the Earth. Pattern optimization in progress. We've been in this decades for three years now. Do you think we'll ever get back? Governor's the Tully Pirate Fleet. Earth's shield is now breachable. How you expect to protect this pitiful race? I do not know. You seem remarkably proficient at this, Miss Khan. There's no use being squeamish. We've got the future to save. Can you feel the tide force growing? It's working. Just as we planned. Mm. Yes. Okay, so chapter five then. Survivors of the Flux, it was popped out on the 28th of November 
It was written by the Chiba Baggers. It was directed by Azure Salim. Stars the trio of the TARDIS fam, as we've come to expect for this series. And the synopsis is short and sweet. As the forces of evil mass, the Doctor, Yaz and Dan face perilous journeys and seemingly insurmountable obstacles in their quest for survival. That's just BS, that synopsis, isn't it? Pretty much. Could you get any more generic? <laughs> For the officials, come on, though, they? I know. Come on, BBC. As official synopsis, that synopsis, that's like, yeah. Basically, our stars are in trouble. Will they survive? Yes or no? What do you think? <laughs> Thanks for that. Uh, a little bit more detail, then. You guys probably know this, but you know. So at the end, um, you know the uh, the doctor was transported to this uh, strange craft, which turns out to be a division. It's not the division anymore, is it? It's just no, division. It's division. Yeah, yeah, the spacecraft, and you know, the Doctor encounters this person that we saw in the previous couple of episodes, Orsok, who turns out to be somebody else. And at the time, same time, Dan Yaz and uh, Eustatius. Is it Eustatius? I think that's the correct full name. Is it Eustatius? Jericho. Yeah. Jericho. Jericho. Going, uh, yeah. Those guys are back in 1904, and they're trying to um, they're trying to make their way through uh, time, basically. Uh, and they're sort of evading, um, you know, assassins and conspiracy theories and all that stuff. And they end up uh, um, in the pool where they go and find this holy man. And uh, it turns out they need to get uh, Calvinista back uh, and go and do that. They try and contact him, but very humorously, he's like, well, I don't have time travel, do I? So I can't get to you. So they're stuck where they are for now. And talking of Carvanista, he ends up having a bit of a ruck with Bell. She steals one of the Luparian ships. It breaks the shield around the earth and so on. And then we have some other stuff going on. I was going to say a swear word. Let's throw some more stuff in. Yeah, let's just pile it on. We've got the Grand Serpent dude who's helping to set up units in its sort of early form. And then over the decades, he doesn't age, obviously, and people start to clock on. But it turns out he's had them quote-unquote dealt with and the only mm. person that does know what's going on is kate stewart who's back and she realizes what's going on and she's she's up for a scrap as always yeah while all this is going on uh the Santarans are back for another second invasion and mm. it turns out the grand serpent is kind of helping them to do that and on top of that we have um swarm and azure they pop up um at the end to invoke what looks to be their grand plan Mm. so dude what do you reckon it's all going on isn't it (laughs) i I don't know where to begin i honestly don't i I feel like this episode chris chibnall was walking down the road he'd got the script in his hand he's tripped over the pages have gone everywhere he's managed to scrabble them back together almost put them back in order maybe lost the odd page here and there but it's fine um it's just it was one of those episodes it was just again a bit like episode three all over the place um there was loads going on but nothing really happening (laughs) it's just (laughs) it's such an odd episode and um to be honest it's it's pretty if you analyze it it's fairly badly plotted the the way it unfolds and, and and the way it's written but to cut to the chase even though uh i think it is there's a lot of issues with this episode i actually really enjoyed it for the most part um there are a lot of issues with it but i I don't know. I, I enjoyed it on a first watch. It, it felt a bit filler to me. As I said, it felt like 
you know, there's lots of moving around for locations to location, but I was about halfway through thinking, yeah, but come on, what progress? The story wasn't actually progressing despite all this stuff going on. That's what I mean. So it does feel a little bit filler in that sense, but watching it again last night, there's the stuff that's in there. If I don't think too hard about it, I, I quite like this episode. Like I re- I like the stuff going on with the grand serpent. I think, you know, I'm really intrigued by his character. And I, and I did think after uh, watching this on Sunday night, is he the master? I, the the thing that made me think that is because of the snake. It reminds me of the snake in the TV movie, you know, the Eric Roberts master. It kind of has that feel about it. Um, so I am starting to wonder if he's the master or something like that. Um, I like sort of the fact that we're seeing Unit again. I'd actually forgotten that Kate Stewart was in it because she's only really comes in it right to, at the end, doesn't she? Um, and I like the fact we got a mention of Osgood. But yeah, as I said, if you start to delve under the layer of this episode, it does start to buckle under its own weight. So, I mean, even the unit stuff, which I liked, you know, the thing with him having the meeting with that that guy who he kills in the car and all that stuff and the TARDIS being in the room of unit. Oh yeah, we found that and the brig, you know, we heard his voice. Oh, they put the brig in there. That's all cool. It's all good on the, on, on the top surface, but if you start to delve under it, it does start to fall apart a little bit, unfortunately. I mean, like the whole unit thing. I mean, there's been massive discussion on Twitter this week uh, about the fact that, I mean, the unit timeline is messed up anyway. You know, I think you kind of have to, you have to have a little bit of uh, leeway with that because it just, it has been for ages, but Somehow, Chris Jibnall's managed to make it even more uh, complicated by... I think his intention was good by putting the brig in there and saying, oh, that's our new corporal. It, it again, just creates so many problems because that's just it doesn't work in the whole timeline. How can he be a corporal in that year and then brigadier only so many years later? You know, the whole thing is just... If you start to look too deep, it just falls apart. And um, obviously, we've got the stuff with the Doctor and uh, Mummy... Uh, tacked to in you know she's back that big reveal I think we both thought she was going to be like the white guardian or something didn't we yeah we had a thought that could be something was there a was there a a gasp when she revealed she was tacked to in I I must admit I was like oh yeah I I should have seen that coming a mile off actually but I'll admit I didn't but um, yeah I was a bit like oh right her she's back so Mm. what just before I carry on what did you think of that reveal were you, were you um, floored? Were you like, oh, wow? Or were you just like, ugh? Um, yeah, I mean, I was I was semi-surprised mm-hmm. that it was Tecteo, and I think, um, yeah, I wasn't fully surprised because it's Chibbers, and I knew that at some point we were going to come back round to this timeless child thing in this series, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, it's, it's an obvious link to that. So, but I was semi-surprised because I thought, I honestly thought she was a, she was um, she was going to be a different character, like the White Guardian and stuff like that that we had yeah. suspected and stuff. But yeah, I was semi surprised. I, I I must admit I'm very very conflicted with um this whole storyline, and I I'm hoping there's a twist to it. So you know when the Doctor says to her, "Was the Master lying?" and she says, "No," I'm thinking, well, "How do you know? She wasn't there. She doesn't know what the Master's told her. How does she know?" Um, but um, so that's almost confirming that the Timeless Child thing is true. And there's this thing where she's saying she picked the doctor up from the wormhole or whatever. So it's looking like it's true, but I'm I'm still I've still got this bit of hope that 
it's just some big master plan and the, the doc it's all going to be a bit i know i said i didn't want the reset button but i think on this i would forgive it if they you know if the doctor at the end of this actually was born in gallifrey and and, and that all turned out to be some sort of villainous plan that you know she hasn't because the thing i really hate about the timeless child is this thing about the doctor having millions of lives i just think that's that's just weird that because that allows anybody in any scene could be the doctor practically um, because you know time travel and all that so i just think that's that's just opening things up too much and i i don't like that idea but i but i you know i love the scenes like with the fob watch in the case and it's talking to her and we saw in the trailer that it's going to open so you know even though i'm not on board with the timeless child storyline there's i still like some of the stuff that's going on with them it. like it's it's got me invested in like i cannot wait to see what happens when that watch opens this week like i'm really excited to find out does the doctor get her memories back is it all a a lie you know uh, is the master going to turn up and do an evil cackle is the grand serpent going to regenerate into sasha's master you know th- there's a, there's a lot of possibilities coming up um none of which may happen i'm just throwing the ideas out there but it's it's great that i feel like this about doctor who even that's what i mean even though i don't think it's a particularly well written or structured episode it's still got me invested in what's going on in that sense so yeah so just to sum up quickly overall i I don't think it's a good episode, but I did enjoy watching it for the most part. <laughs> Over to you. Mm. Mm, yeah, it's the weakest <laughs> oh. weakest one for me dude, oh. so far. Oof. This is the weakest one. This was um, God, when I finished watching this one, dude, for the first time, I was like, what was the point of this episode at, at all? Mm, okay. It's, it's completely... Um, <laughs> the only thing that had a bit of traction, I suppose, was the whole Tectayune thing. Mm. And oh, I, there's a part of me that thinks that we're either heading towards a massive reset button here. Mm. And I joked about it in our waffle up front, but I'm being serious. I think we're at, we're either heading for that or this is one ginormous setup for Russell T. Davis to go absolutely nuts with multiverse stuff later on. I'm thinking that. I'm actually starting to think that. Yes. So I think there was one There was one part of it with the whole uh, Tectoon thing, which was amazing, I thought, which was where the Doctors was really shocked that they were outside of the universe completely. And we mm. had that wide-angle shot with the, the Division craft in between two universes. They were transitioning from one to the other. Yes. And uh, Tectoon is still really miffed with the Doctor because they're... And we obviously get an answer to the Flux as well. It was created by the Division Mm. to literally destroy that universe. And she's really miffed with the Doctor because she's interfered so much that it's put the universe in a state where they feel they have to destroy it and then move everything over to this new universe and they're going to, you know, do everything there. So I thought that was really cool. And the way, one thing I will say is that this episode looked just amazing. Re- the design team have they must have had a field day. They must some of the briefs that they were given, like we need a craft, a division craft, which kind of looks like a TARDIS, but kind of not. Mm. And they come up with that huge, amazing tree in the middle. That's with the, beautiful. And yeah. all that stuff. And then the actual visual effects guys, you know, that 
It looked like something from a Brian Cox science documentary film, you know, the universe mm. is sort of, and all that. It just looked phenomenal. I was, I was loving all that stuff. Outside of that, dude, I could have just happily turned it off. Yeah. I, honestly, okay. I could have, I could have happily just gone. And we also had this thing where, and Shibbers is such an, such an ass for doing this. He does it. He, he leaves it alone for a while. Write something really good. Like the first two episodes of this series were like, they're written really well. And then he just goes, he slips back into this thing. And um, a couple of other podcasts have also picked up on this. I was listening to the Doctor Who show the other day. I've been listening to those yeah. guys a lot recently. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, and they were saying um, very similar. As they were saying it, it was like they were inside my head, mm. like reading my thoughts out loud. Where they do this, he's gone back to this thing where alongside all of the exposition, We've now got this thing where every, every interaction that a character is doing, they are saying it out loud. I, I know. And that repeating, one, you know. The exposition, yeah. mate. It, that's one thing that's driving me nuts. Like when the bit with the tooth, when yeah. Yaz had to tell us, oh, he's cracked a, he's cracked a tooth with poison <laughs> in it inside his mouth. It's like, oh, yeah, they, yeah. I know. There was a lot of it this episode. That's what I mean. There were... There was; those are some of the issues I'm talking about. There was a lot of exposition in this, and Jodie as well. Once again, poor old Jodie giving all this stuff to say, and she has to say it in a way where she's moving her hands around, which makes it just so. It feels so unnatural in terms of like the flow of a conversation. It's um, but there was yeah, there was there was quite a lot of that, wasn't there? Where they were telling us things as well as showing us. It's like yeah, we've just seen that. You don't the character doesn't need to tell us, you know. Um, I I, I mean there was yeah, there was quite a lot of that. And it yeah. was annoying, I will admit, yeah. Are you referring to the hologram scene with uh, Yaz and the Doctor where the Doctor's essentially just <laughs> spelling out <laughs> in, you know, very drawn-out, boring fashion what's going on? You know, it's it, it's almost like... um, It's almost like... Oh, how do I put this? When, the, when there are so many good TV series on at the minute not just terrestrial TV, but across Netflix and Amazon and Disney Plus and things like that. It's almost like his way of writing is already old school. Yeah, it, it's, yeah. it's almost like um, like he's not giving the viewer enough credit. It's like he's worried that the viewer's going to miss something. So in order to sort of mitigate that, he's made the dialogue very explainy and expositiony and it happens all the way through this episode like somebody will do something and they'll either say out loud i've just done something mm. or another character will be like what are you doing oh thank you for asking i'm glad you asked me that the viewer's probably thinking the same thing so what i've done yeah. is you know it's that kind of way of writing and it just gets bloody frustrating after a while because it's like look chris we get it like we, we absolutely get what's going on. You don't have to, it's not paint by numbers. The only thing that we'd like you to give us expo exposition on is some tiny little, lovely little nugget of something that we're all asking questions about. If mm. you want to circle back to that as we get into the root of that, then give us a bit of exposition, then fine. That's great. But we just don't need it on everything. So dude, for that reason alone, I, this is like, I'm really, really struggling to rate this above a three at the minute. Oh my god! Because wow, I didn't realize it was that low. Because, <laughs> dude, and and also, um, like you said, to pick up on your point when you were summarizing, it's like, uh, 
just what exactly did happen in this episode other than Daz Yannan, um, uh, what's his face? What's his Jericho. face? Dr. Jericho, <laughs> Professor Jericho. Jericho. Yeah. Um, you know, other than that, with those guys pottering around and the reveal of Orsok as being Tech Tayun, what actually happened? That, that's what I mean. That, it's one of those episodes where, yeah, you've got loads going on, but nothing is actually happening or progressing. That, that's, that's exactly what I meant. It's, yeah. it's, uh, uh, that's why I felt it was filler. Because yeah. nothing actually, we, we don't go very, from where we start on the episode to where we end, we don't actually go very far at all, if anywhere. We're still in the same place, really. Yeah, and and I can't really warm to Jody in this one much either, mm. like I have done in the previous episodes. It was like I felt like she'd kind of turned a corner a little bit with her performance. We've said that she's been actually pretty good, really good, in fact, in some places. But now I get the feeling because she's had to deal with all this crap in the script that she's now sort of gone back a couple of steps. Yeah, the only couple of scenes where I thought she was okay was when she's dealing with Tectoon and she's. She's visibly angry about stuff and, mm. you know, she's trying to get to the bottom of that. And so the face off between those two, actually, between um, Jodie Whittaker and Barbara Flynn, they, they were actually not too bad when they were going through um, Tectoyun's anger at the Doctor and having to create the flux in the first place and collapse that universe. And then the Doctor's annoyance and anger back at her by saying, because we we get that bit of history lesson, don't we? Where it's like we found you by the wormhole, you know, we saved yes. you, sort of thing. And the doctor's mm-hmm. like, "Well, how do you know that? How do you know that I wasn't going the other way? How do you know that I wasn't about to be collected? I wasn't just plopped through this wormhole for you to pick me up. Uh, maybe it was the other way around. Maybe I was waiting there to go back through the wormhole with you know whoever, family, whatever." So she's really perturbed by that as well and it all kind of gets squashed anyway because swarm turns up with azure and and those two are just brilliant but they just weren't in it enough you know they the mm. brilliant performances from those guys they just weren't in it enough so nothing's happened dude we got a bit of a history lesson we've got an amazing ood back love those guys yeah love an ood and uh and then this grand serpent thing with unit which is just creates its own problems because mm. like we've said jokingly earlier but now it's a serious thing that chris has just layered on so much crap to try and resolve in one more episode potentially some of it anyway that we have all this unit stuff that contradicts all the other unit stuff that came before it Mm. and the brigadier stuff where we had it with the when the brig turned into a bloody cyberman before oh don't painful you know it's just like memories the brig is one of those um monarchs of doctor who history and with respect, you don't F with it. You know, it's mm. like he's laid the foundation for all of the brilliant unit stuff that that's, that's now should be amazing to include. It's like one of those privileged things where it's like, oh, amazing, we're going to have unit in this episode. It's going to be amazing. But now it's like, oh, God, what have they done with unit now? Mm. Or what have they done with the Briggs character now? It's I'm ranting, I'm sorry, dude. But No, go for it. I mean, you, yeah. yeah, I was going to say, I, I've been listening a lot to the, the Dot2 show uh, podcast as well and they made a good point about the scene with kate and uh and the grand serpent when she confronts him and then it, the next scene she's just oh she's just gone she's off home <laughs> it's like she, she just found out there's an alien infiltrated unit for all these years but she doesn't do anything about it she just goes home and obviously it's all going to kick off later but it is stuff like that which is quite uh 
strange in terms of a, a writing and the plotting of a story. Like it just cut, you know, that scene is just there to add a bit of drama and then it finishes. You know, there's no, it's no sort of conclusion to it or any, or realism to it. Um, the thing with Jodie mate and last week, I thought she kind of ruined what I thought was a really good episode with her performance or the way she was written, whichever way you want to look at it. Um, she just irritated me in last week's episode. Um, even though I liked it. Uh, so this week, I, I think I've put my finger on it slightly, is that I kind of know, I didn't mind her this week. I thought the stuff with Tech, tech 2 in was quite good, you know, the, the confrontation. But the thing is, Jodie, is that um, you kind of, she never surprises me. She, I know exactly what I'm going to get from Jodie week after week, and nothing has really changed since she took the role on. It's um, out-of-breath acting, it's exposition, it's moving around her hands, it's bending. She does this thing where she cranes her neck in and taunts, you know, like whoever she's talking to, like the angel, she'll crank her neck in and, like, give it some abuse. And there's just, But there's nothing, I never get a moment from her where I'm like, wow, that was that was cool. That's, that's the doctor putting, you know, putting her stamp on things. That's the doctor putting her foot down. So that's, I think what it is, is I just think she, you know, she's got her, there's a lot of people out there that love her doctor, you know, they're, they're, she is their doctor sort of thing, which is great. And every doctor has their fans. But for me, yeah, I think that's why she falls flat. I just, there's no surprise. There's no sort of wow moment from her ever. I find. So even in an episode like this, where I thought she was fine, She's kind of like coasting along, you know. She's just she's just there. She doesn't stand out as the Doctor to me. Like I think the scenes with her and Tech Twin, you know, that's quite a big revelation. The Doctor should be really lose, losing her, you know what? You know, she should really be going for it. Um, if you can, no, actually, I should. I was going to say if you can imagine sort of like Capaldi in that scene, or even you know McGann, they would be absolutely putting down i think just the performance side of things they'd be nailing it and I, that's probably unfair because i don't want to bash one doctor by using another so i'm sorry to do that but i hope you get the point i'm making like because that the reason i say that is because that's what i'm thinking in my head i'm thinking god imagine so like the weeping angel episode last week which i liked i was thinking god i'd love to have seen like capaldi or or the eighth doctor in that story i think they, that that would have they would have been amazing whereas she just sort of coasts along does the quirky sort of doctor that she is and it just doesn't work for me personally you know what i mean it's so yeah i get what you mean about jodie i would just love her to surprise me one week with with something in her performance that really stands out for me you know that really makes me go cool jodie was on fire like this week it just never happens for me uh I don't think. I'm so. I'm sorry. I've gone down a bashing Jodie route, and I really didn't want to because I because I didn't think she was bad at all this week. I think it's just because you you mentioned it, and I I was thinking it during the episode. That's kind of what it is that I think why she doesn't really work for me particularly as the Doctor because you get some good stuff, and I think you know you really want them to grab the part by the horns and go for it, don't you? Yes. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just no, the I, flux. No, sorry, go on, No, I agree with you. I think. Um, yeah, it's always. A, uh, a bit of a dodgy road to go down isn't it when you start comparing because yeah and i didn't different yeah. circumstances i know what you mean but if you but you do make a good point though if you if we think back to the end of time part two there's a scene that you know that scene where wilf is in the in the radiation yeah you know protective glass cabinet thing if you think about david tennant's performance in that bit where the realisation drops, you know, when you hear the three knocks that Wilf's doing on the glass. 
And he's like, it had to be you. Yeah. You know, he's really sad and he's down and he's kind of, you know, he's just like, oh crap, this is how my doctor dies basically. Or, you know, ceases. And there's, and then he flips, you know, and he's screaming at the top of his lungs, like so much more. And he's kicking Mm. the furniture and there's a bit of saliva that comes out of his mouth and he's red in the face. That's the kind of stuff that I want Jodie to do. Like she never loses it completely and just gives that surprise, like you were saying, that kind of surprise moment where you're like, whoa, Jodie Whittaker's had a Weetabix this morning. Like there's Mm. no... It, she plays it safe. Yeah, she's always, maybe not intentionally, but she's kind of, I don't know, I, I feel like there's something there, like there's a fire inside her somewhere. Mm. But it's the writing has never given her the opportunity to really let it loose. So that scene with Tennant, even talking about it now, I've got goosebumps, and that chokes me. Mm. Because you just completely, 100% buy into David Tennant as the Doctor feeling that way. And how he, and and the emotion and the anger that is on screen is like you would. I had assumed that everyone on the set was just silent, shocked, like "Whoa, he's like this is amazing to watch." Whereas with Jodie, I feel like, especially in this one, with that realization as you mentioned, where she's like, you know, yeah, I, I'm Tektayun, and I'm the one that found you, and she's just going face to face with her mother, basically, not her real mother, obviously, because that's Belle, mm. uh, but maybe, possibly, possibly, we don't know. But you know what I mean? It's quite a big moment, isn't it? But it didn't feel as big as it should have done, I don't think. No, and that's the, that's a huge criticism. I have to lay at, at Chibbers' door, I'm afraid. I know there are yeah, many yeah, of them. Yeah, definitely, but, yeah. Because um, when we had the whole Timeless Child thing revealed to us with the Master doing all that stuff a while ago, he just left it alone for ages. It was like this massive cannon-busting, show-changing thing. Mm. And then he just left it. It was like, well, is she the timeless child? Is What's going on? Nobody knows. And now we've got this other realisation that actually the master was telling the truth and she is all... You know, and even now it's like, well, this is such a massive thing, but it still comes across as like, oh, okay. Well, we'll talk about that later, shall we? For now. Right, Ood, what are you up to? You know what I mean? It's just like, it's like a, I don't know, just plodding along. There's no yeah, spike in like the emotion and the the anger from the doctor. You know, you thought she'd drama. flipped out, like completely lost it. Mm. But I don't know. The only thing that she seemed to be really caring about was the fact that this this universe was going to be destroyed. And yeah. then Tetsune's a little bit sneaky. She's like, you know, if you come back to the vision... You know, I'll give you your memories back and I'll also save your friends. You know, Earth will be on its own sort of thing. And the doctor's like, yeah, maybe. So, yeah, the whole Timeless Child thing, again, just sort of goes under the radar a little bit. And, uh, I'm so yeah. intrigued to see where we go with that. I mean, yeah. I, I've i got such mixed feelings on it as well. Like, the, you know, I've, I've said it before, the more, we, the more we delve into it, the more I don't like it. Um, but as I said... Chibbers has thrown the grenade in. He may as well let it go off and do what he wants to do. But I am interested to see if there's any follow-up next week or is this just going to be it? Is it just going to be left as a hanging thing? I don't know. I'm, just that fobbot being opened in the trailer has really got me. I think it, But the thing is, I'm expecting <laughs> answers and I don't know if we're going to get them. I That's think the so, thing. Mate. And I think yeah. the problem is, if we don't, I think I'm going to be... I'm going to be disappointed. But if we do, 
and it's all confirmed the timeless child thing 100%, I think I'm still going to be disappointed. So I don't <laughs> know that Chibbers can really win next week in a way, in a sense. But um, what did you think of like all the the traveling around. So we got a bit of a Indiana Jones type story, didn't we? <laughs> with like, uh, Dan Yaz and, uh, Jericho, um, which <sighs> was a bit weird, really. Again, this is what I mean about the plotting of the episode. It, we just kept cutting back to them. And one minute they're on a boat, then they're up a, a mountain talking <laughs> to uh, a hermit, which was quite a fun scene. And then they're back on the boat and, and I'm like, Oh God, they're really getting around. And then they're at the great wall of China and I mean, that scene didn't make any sense to me at all because they go to the Great Wall of China. Why did they have to go to the Great Wall of China to write that in the grass? Because it's a landmark at the time, isn't it? It's one of the great landmarks oh, okay. on, on Earth, I suppose. But but yeah. Carbonista sees it, but he's like, I can't time travel. So what was the point of it? That's what I mean. That that's sort of those parts of the story. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. There were some good interactions between Yaz and Dan and, and Jericho. They do yeah. make a cool little team to a degree. There was a, we saw it in the trailer beforehand when, they're going up and down tied to the ropes and Dan slams into the ground and she's just like, I, uh, just carrying on, you know, little funny things like that were okay. That's what I meant. I enjoyed those scenes, even though I was getting a bit like, I wasn't a hundred percent sure what it was they were trying to do, to be honest with you. I couldn't work out what their mission was. Um, I'm still not really a hundred percent sure. I think they're just trying to get back and work out, away like the time i don't know i'm not really sure what's going on <laughs> but what they're doing is uh, the doctor has left he has a message which yes, she's yeah. watching multiple times it seems of course so when yeah. we see her watching the hologram hologram message that isn't the first time she's watching it she's just she wants to see the doctor's face i think but mm. i think what the doctor has tasked them with doing is saying look because of what's happened there are going to be lots of other people who know what's going on and they're going to want to take advantage of that so the end of the world is going to be a lot more prevalent, I guess, than what it would have been beforehand. So your job is to try and track down when the end of the world is coming. Mm. And I think that's their mission. So they're going off to see various people, like the hermit being one of them and so on. Um, but wasn't the world like, so last week the world was sort of all crumbling and on the on the edge of, there was like a boundary to it and stuff. Now we seem to be back in, Mm-hmm. so what's happened to all that because that, that didn't seem to get mentioned at all and what's happened to that little girl well that was only because the angels had shifted that village out of time a little bit so are they back in normal i think they're back in yeah like normal and they've just packed that girl off she's off probably an go. orphanage somewhere that's probably yeah, mm. whoever because i quite like them as a little team you know jericho dan and yes like you said the, the scenes with them were quite fun mm. but the only the only downside of this and i just wondered if you picked up on this i feel that i really like the character of professor jericho i think he's a fun character to have in for a couple of episodes he brings that sort of humor to it and he he seems like quite a rounded character so i'm liking jericho the only downside is that i now feel like dan has become the graham of series 12 where he's kind of been pushed into mm. the background and only gets a couple of lines. Uh, so, because I was I was loving Dan start of the series and I still like him, but he was great in the first couple of episodes. And he was fun and he was his acting was good and he was right at the forefront of the he's right in the thick of the story. Now he's kind of been reduced to like the third wheel, quite <laughs> literally, isn't he? He's like he gets the odd funny line, but he's mostly just in the background, mm-hmm. uh, whatever. I mean, he had a couple of good moments, but yeah, I think Professor Jericho slightly outshining him a bit at the minute in the, in those scenes you're like, right i really dude. like yeah. him yeah you're right yeah because he can handle himself 
and, he, and he's cool and he's intelligent. So he's like the perfect person to have on the team sort of thing. And, and I liked him on the scene in the on the mountain with the hermit as well. Like he's just the face pulling of like the frustration of three words and all this sort of thing. Yeah. I don't know. He's just quite a fun character, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, But the thing is, it's, oh, it's so difficult, dude, to not bash people when we've got thoughts like this. Because mm. I just once again, I just think, Chibbers, have you not learned your bloody lesson from the last? Well, that's what annoys me about the yeah. That's what annoys you about the um, exposition. So that's why I get so annoyed about it. Like you were saying about it earlier, has he not learned? Like that—that that has been a problem since he took over as writer. Now, if it was me, I'd be thinking, you know, oh yeah, I've got to, you know, I've got to find a way to show things on screen rather than it's. It's a. I have to be honest. I mean, I'm not a writer, so it's, I can't really say. But to me, it feels like a really lazy way of writing to just explain things. Mm-hmm that you know instead of actually writing it properly so but that's one thing that's been consistent throughout the Chibnall era is the exposition and the fact we're still getting so much of it in that style in this series I think is uh, that's why it frustrates me I'm like god have you learned nothing have you like you really haven't improved at all in in that in terms of that yeah and it's not like the fans are quiet no in voicing that that opinion And, and that's one of the common ones as well it's you know, all these researchers and people that do the stuff that feeds into, you know, stuff moving forward. That's absolutely one of the things that would be consistently there is like, it's, it's too much Sonic, it's too much exposition, you know, blah, blah, mm. blah. It's just yeah. like he just reads it and goes, ah, don't worry about that. That's fine. And it's the yeah. same with the TARDIS thing. Like when you have, but we're going back to three companions. Essentially, Jericho is another companion at this point. Yeah. Um, you immediately have to sidestep someone else. And unfortunately, that's poor Dan, who's been, like you said, has been brilliant in the first few eps. Hmm. But now he's just been, just been sidelines, you know. He's, you know, he's supposed to be like this and cool... And even his performance has become a bit flat, hasn't yeah, it? It's like, yeah. yeah, he was like the cool scouser that turned up and mm. had that bants with Yaz about Sheffield and stuff. And, and they do have a little bit of that in this episode. There's that one little line, isn't there? Well, she says, oh, are you from Liverpool, Dan? You, should, you never mentioned it, that yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. He's like, all right, Sheffield. Yeah, there was a couple of moments. I mean, there's quite a nice moment between him and Yaz when she's watching the hologram and she's clearly a bit upset and he comes in and chats to her and is like, don't worry, we'll see her again. That was quite a nice moment. But um, yeah. what, do you, what do you think of Yaz in this? She she's had a, just too a whiny, to dude. She's whiny still. Still too whiny? Still whiny, man. She's, yeah. Yeah. I, d- I didn't mind her in this one. There's a couple of, there's a couple of scenes where she's... Obviously not thinking about the Doctor and she's, yeah. Like a couple of funny scenes with Dan and, mm. uh, but other than that, it's just, it's just uh, it's exposition just pouring out of her mouth about everything. And then when she's thinking about the Doctor, she's moping again and she's whiny and mm. yeah. I've, I've gone off Yaz, unfortunately, throughout most of this episode. And I know there's going to be a lot of Yaz fans that are like, what are you talking about? She's been amazing. She has been okay, but she's just... She's got this con- like constant um, sad face most of the time. She's yeah. I think I I know what you're saying because I I'm I was sort of rooting for Yaz very much in this series. I thought oh she's finally going to get her time to shine because it's her and the Doctor and Dan and she should get more screen time and a bit more progression in the way she's written. But uh, again, I am going to put this down to the writing and not not necessarily. Um, Mandit's performance yeah she's just been written to be a bit mopey and a bit 
I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to make her strong by putting her as like the leader and she's going to do all this and that. But it's all coming across as a bit bullshit. And the, the, what I think the fun is missing from Yaz's character that now, you know, like you said, there's the odd moment. There's that, like that bit with Dan where they're teasing each other. That's quite fun. But yeah, we're not getting enough of that. So she's just coming across as a bit too serious. And yeah, I, I like Yaz, but I'm not loving her the way I thought I would in terms of, I thought this was going to be a good series for her. Mm, to me, yeah. she's kind of just, she's there, but I'm not loving her in the sense, you know, like I think you've said about like Donna and stuff, you know, like how you just absolutely love Donna when she's on screen and she really stands out as a character. Yeah. Yaz hasn't reached those levels uh, for me anywhere near that yet, which is a shame because I, I think she's got potential and that's what I would, I'd love to feel like that about Yaz. But at the minute she is just, yeah, it's just Yaz and it? it's just a bit, there's not much to her still really. A bit mopey, yeah. And then you did have mopey. you did have a cool dynamic with Dan, who's a bit more upbeat, a bit more happy-go-lucky, a bit more comedy about him. So that was cool. But like we just said, as a result of having another character in there, he's his screen time and the amount of stuff that he's contributing is now considerably less. So mm. you don't even have that constant back, you know, to in and throw in and and the cool screen time for Dan that seems to have been lessened quite a lot. In are one. they in the and they in the specials? Do you think they must be on? I think I so, assume yeah. they're in the specials. Yeah, because yeah. that's the thing. I I still want to see more of these guys, and that that's good because if I think about like um, Ryan, for example, I mean, I just couldn't care less. I couldn't wait for him to leave, to be honest. And so, at least with these characters, I'm thinking along the lines of, oh, you know, I hope Dan and, and Yaz have got more story. You know, more stories. I'm in that sense. I'm glad that we've got some more specials to come with these guys. Cause I, I do like them and I feel like they deserve a bit more yeah. uh, screen time. If you like, uh, what do you reckon to the grand serpent? Cause I mentioned earlier that about, I was getting master vibes from him and uh, I don't know. Could it, uh, it won't happen, but could you see, could you see him like regenerating into Sasha's master or, or revealing himself as the master? Or do you think he is his own guy? I mean, I don't know where I've got the master thing from. It just, it just pops into my head while watching it. I think it was the snake thing. And he's quite cool and calculating. And I think if even if he isn't the master, I think he would have been a great master. Because I really like the way that uh, Craig Parkinson is playing the role. I think he's he's really cool. But mm. what do you reckon to him? Do you like the Grand Serpent? Yeah, I think that's the master, dude. You do? Yeah. I think that's the master just because of this whole snake thing. You know, if we go back to the TV movie with th- that master... Yeah, yeah, that's what made me think of, yeah. You know, he had the whole snake eyes thing, and he was actually a snake himself, you know, slithered around mm. and all that stuff. And uh, there's a, a, you know, in this episode where somebody died and one of these snake things came out of them and he absorbed them. Yes. So back in the day, back in, you know, when the novels were rocking and rolling, there's a, uh, what, who who wrote that? Who was it? Who was it? Uh, there's, a story, there's a novel called The Eight Doctors. Is it Jamie Roberts? I can't remember. Anyway, anyway, there was a little bit of thing around the master and snakes and stuff. And um, at the end of McCoy's run, you know, on the cheetah planet. Yeah. Yeah. So he, um, after that stuff, he goes to see uh, these, um, these species, aliens on that planet called the morgue. And they can... And they can cheat death, basically, uh, with these death worms. And um, basically, you, 
you swallow one of these worms and then it becomes dormant. You don't know it's inside you at all. And it's not until you're killed that it absorbs your kind of life essence and then, you know, goes to a new host. Mm. And then the person who absorbs that, you know, takes on the life force and stuff like that. And that seems to be exactly what's happening with these snakes that are coming out of people. They're absorbing the life force of these people. And then the master, I think it's the master, is then absorbing that. So then, you know, he becomes, you know, fitter and stronger and blah, blah, blah. Mm. So I think it is the master, dude. I think and it's, if it's not the master, like you just said, it's a massive missed opportunity because he's playing a really good master mm. at this point. So I think it is just for the whole serpenty snake link thing to these things that he got from the morgue on the cheetah planet. Yeah. And he's got that sort of, um, he's got that slight Delgado vibe, isn't he? In yes. the sense that he's yeah. very, you know, like Sasha's master is very manic. This one, if it is the master, he's very cool. He's very calculated. Even when Kate Stewart's exposing him, I know who you are. He's just sat there and he's, so he's definitely got that sort of Delgado vibe of cool master about him, which is why I, normally I wouldn't, I don't think I'd normally want him to be the master, but because of the performance, I think, yeah, it would be quite cool if he turns out to be the master. And the bit where he kills the guy in the car as well. I don't know, something about that whole scene just felt very master-like. Very, yeah. again, very sort of, you know, Pertwee era. The, the style of the car, the master sat in the front, um, you know, just killing the guy with the snake and it, all, all the steamy windows. And all. It just has that vibe about it. It does, um, doesn't it? So I've yeah. got that fin. Yeah, I won't mind. If he turns out to, to be the master, I I wouldn't mind. I think he's been pretty cool. The only thing is, it will make me want to see more of his master. That's the thing. Because uh, that's <laughs> yeah. kind of the master I've been waiting for. I, I love Sasha, but I said it at the time, the manic thing's been done too much. Like, Sim did that. Sasha would have been fantastic if he had played it more like Delcado, more toned down, suave, cool, calculated would have been amazing. And I, like and this I, guy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So this is the kind of master I've been waiting for. And I, I like Sasha's master, don't get me wrong. But um, yeah, this is the kind of master I've really wanted to see for quite a while. That more like the original master. That no one will ever be as good as Delgado, in my opinion. He is the best. But um, <laughs> this is, yeah, this is close to that performance. And I like it. Yeah. No, I agree, dude. He's really good. Craig Parkinson. Mm. He's got, he's definitely got Delgado vibes. You know, in some of the older mm -hmm. stories where even to the point where somebody might have figured out who he is or figured out that his whoever he's portraying to be uh, is up to no good. He's still got that calm, like he never flips out, does he? He's still got mm. that calm kind of, you know, I'll handle this, don't worry. He's cool exterior, yeah. yeah he always thinks he's going to get out of it, so he's, he's yeah, he's never, doesn't yeah. break a sweat much. Um, the other thing is, what did you think about the flux being, so I liked the idea of the flux being created by division, but then they kind of threw that away by putting in that line of the doctors like you did it because you were scared of me. And they're like, we we're wary of you. Mm. That seems a really feeble <laughs> excuse for creating such a deadly thing. I don't know that because it kind of it was like they revealed that they created. It, and I was like, oh, well, that's cool. And then they kind of straight away threw it out the window with that silly remark. I thought, no, you've kind of dumbed it down a bit now. Like, I don't know. But how did you feel about that? They created the Flux because they were wary of the Doctor. That feels a bit weak, doesn't it? Yeah. So this kind of anchor for this, I suppose, is that they blame the Doctor because the Doctor defected from Division, mm. which the Doctor can't remember at this point. 
and then went on and interfered with the with division's work and caused problems and stuff like that. But the thing is, nothing's really happened over the course of storytelling over the last 60 years that has made you think the consequences of this are sort of universe-ending stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. we've had, I guess we, well, there's been a couple of big epic things like that, but in the main, it's mainly been like, oh, the Daleks have taken over a score. So we're going to stop them. And that's that done. So, you know, if, mm. if the vision is sort of on looking and monitoring the doctor and seeing what they're up to, it's really just a string of that sort of thing. Is it? It's like, yeah, the most that's happened is like, you know, stars, you know, the, the galaxies are going out and planets have been shifted to other points in the galaxy and stuff like that. But then the doctor's fixed it and everything's fine. And, and all that. So there isn't anything really that as division, you'd think, right, we need to end the universe. Um, so yeah, it does feel a bit weak. If because um, I, I imagine if if the Doctor had completely flipped, and this is maybe something the Doctor can't remember, but if the mm. Doctor completely flipped when they were aware of their involvement with Division and said, "Look, you guys are all evil and crazy. I'm going to do everything in my power to stop you," then maybe yeah, yeah. But it doesn't feel like that's what's happened. No, it's mm. a bit weak. Yeah, it does feel, yeah, it just feels a bit anticlimactic. Um, and what did you think of Jodie? Uh, sorry, we say Jodie as if it's like the Doctor, sorry. <laughs> um, what did you think of the resolution? Because she was out of the angel thing within the first couple of minutes of the episode. So that, that really amazing cliffhanger was um, resolved very quickly. Um, I'm just going to say that I didn't mind that, actually. Uh, I felt like some people might have had a, a problem with it because it... it yeah, it was just a bit of a nothing resolution. The reason I didn't mind it is because I thought there's only two ways they could go with it. They could either have a Doctor Light episode where she's probably manages to crack out of it at the end and all that, or you just get it out of the way and it's done. And I, I've got to be honest, I didn't mind that they did that, but I can imagine some people might have been a bit miffed by that quick resolution. But I just wonder what you thought. Um, well, I didn't mind the quick resolution, but... Mm. When I got to the end of the episode, I thought, well, maybe it would have been better if the Doctor was <laughs> trapped as an angel for most of it, and <laughs> that would have given the, that would have resolved the problem of having Dan not as much screen time and stuff because it would have focused more on them three. Yeah, you know that would have been a thing, and then he could have involved Carvanista a bit more, and it would have been quite cool if yeah, yeah if like the Doctor had been like an angel on on the uh, Tectuan ship for quite you know just on just there in the yes. background like you know yeah. i've got the doctor trapped she's there as a this stone angel of the doctor for say even half the episode or whatever that would have been quite cool wouldn't it of like mm. oh my god the doctor's trapped on the spaceship as an angel this is quite weird um so yeah i don't know i think there's a few ways they could have done it but uh yeah i, I just it didn't bother me too much and I, I thought it was quite a cool visual way to start the episode with her walking through all the different millions of angels i mean that was quite visually cool Oh, that I was liked, quite cool. Yeah, that I liked great. all that yeah. stuff. That was yeah. creepy. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, that was but, cool. Um, yeah. What did yeah. you think to um, before we get on to that last bit with Swarm and Azure? Yeah. When they turn up, what did you think to Vinda and Bell in this one then? Because Bell is not in it as much as the last episode. She's still trying to find. You know, she's on her way to um to try and find uh, Vinda, obviously via yes. um via the. Uh, uh, the signal that the passenger left behind. So she's on her way to try and track that down. And then Vinda gets, 
You know, he gets absorbed, doesn't he, by a passenger, and then bumps into Diane. So this is another yeah. another thing that Chibbers has got to, I say got to, uh, you know, has got the opportunity to, to resolve and, and answer that question. But that seemed like another, just another massive thing. It's like those two were almost about to find each other, or you felt like within this episode that they, were, they could have found each other. Mm. But now that he's been absorbed by Passenger... There's only really one way to extract him, right? There's only, yes, uh, so, I guess so. Yeah. So that's going to be a. How are they going to get to that then? How are they going to? How are they going to somehow trap that passenger and extract Vinder out of there, along with Diane? Even if they do do that, I don't know. But that mm. seems like a whole nother bunch of episodes on its own to try and sort that out. It's almost as if they're going to get a spin-off or something, isn't it? I don't, don't know. There is so much to tie up. I, I, I have no idea how they're going to resolve all that. And, I mean, the thing with Bell and um, Carvin, Carvinista was a bit strange, wasn't it? Because for the first couple of minutes, they're trying to kill each other, shoot each other, and then they suddenly start working together. But it was very, it was a very quick change of heart, I thought. It's like, what's going on? Oh, when the um, sirens turn up. Yeah, 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 but, but but two seconds earlier, a Carvinista was trying to shoot, blow her head off. Mm. Um, so I don't know. That was it's yeah. There's so much going on, mate. It, it does almost feel like it could have done with a couple of episodes to let some of this stuff breathe because you know it's all been thrown in there and it's all happening so quick. It's very hard to keep track of and um, a little bit. I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, here's what's going to happen. Vinder and Bell are going to find each other. Mm. that's going to be all good then they're going to help the doctor somehow are they, are they going to be the doctor's parents well what's going to happen is it's going to be uh the last two minutes of the episode next week or one of the specials you're going to have this baby that's been born bell and vinda's baby but they're going to be somehow involved in either escaping somebody because they're in trouble still or something like that and they're going to find this wormhole that they can escape through. Mm. And something's going to happen. And they're going to be like, just stay here. Don't move. We need to go and get our ship or our weapons or something. We'll be back through the wormhole in just two ticks. So just sit here and don't move. Tech Tayun turns up, takes the doctor, blah, blah, blah. Sussed. Sorted. Mm. And that's just going to annoy everybody in the world. <laughs> of course. I'm I'm excited and also dreading next week. I just I yeah I don't know what I don't I don't know what we're going to be saying. Um, did you think that the monolith? You know when Bell's on the spaceship, there she saw and she pointed it out as well. Of she course, has to yeah. tell us mon- oh, yeah. monolith. Uh, did you think it looked a bit like a destroyed Gallifrey uh, dome? It was like a sort of a broken shell, wasn't it? If you look at that, maybe next time you watch it. If you didn't, oh, it looks like yeah. the it looks like the citadel but destroyed. So I don't know if that's playing a part in something next next time you watch it just have a look because i've got to admit i didn't notice it until um it was either the dot two show podcast or uh the lost and gallifrey podcast guys one of those pointed out and i thought oh yeah the second time i watched it it really does it looks like the destroyed citadel on gallifrey so it might not be might be nothing but again could be something yeah there was uh, a couple of got, things dude that in that resembled some older stuff so mm. the division ship that tech Tayun and the doctor are on that in itself looked like one of the circuits from the tardis console there was a classic episode or or maybe not a classic one but an episode where the doctor's trying to find a circuit 
for the, the and it looks like that. It's got like three pronged little discs on it. And oh, stuff. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yes, Pertwee. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yes, I do. I, yes, I, I hadn't. Uh, I had not picked up on that. It looked almost the same as this thing that the Doctor's trying to fix for the TARDIS mm. console. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah. sort of visual references to older stuff. I know the little gadgety thing you're mm. talking about. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Mm, could be. Could be. Possibly. Uh, right. What else we got to talk about? I think that's it. Oh, uh, Swarm and Azure turn up at the end. Swarm and Azure. Yeah. Ready to invoke their revenge plan. Uh, against uh, Tectoon, which they do successfully. She's now gone, it seems, anyway. Unless this is, of course, you know, spiralling into even more timey-wimey stuff where this is a plan by the Division. Um, but yeah, so I think this is a bit more just cheap and cheerful face value. Swarm is just really miffed that Division imprisoned him for so long um, that we see in episode one. So now he's come back to rid the universe of division specifically tectone and he's done that so now i think next week she's going to be focused around what they do with the doctor does she get the fob watch does she get the memories does she defeat swarm and azure i don't know it looks like azure it looks like it's azure that opens the fob watch doesn't it yeah um which is interesting um yeah i mean it's those guys um those guys are cool, aren't they? I mean, the best shoulder pads in the universe. So, uh, no, it was good to see them turn up. I wasn't sure about the fact that they killed off Tectuin so easily. I because I don't know. Again, this comes back to what you're saying about that. Sh- that's a should be a massive character. And is that the last we've seen of her? Is that her gone? Because that was a really quick way to just right. I've I've, I've finished that storyline. Let's get rid of that character. I don't know. That seemed a bit too quick and easily done for me so i didn't really like that um but yeah i mean i like those guys um i hope they're going to play a big part in the final um but they've got a they're going to have to fight for screen time aren't they what with them the grand serpent um the sontarans the cyberman daleks we saw in the trailer i mean flipping heck you know is it an hour long next week do we know it is an hour long it's an hour right it's an hour long but yeah, the, all of those guys are going to have to fight for screen time, and they're such good characters. I hope they don't get lost in the mix. Mm. Yeah, true. I have a feeling yeah. they might do. <laughs> yes. Uh, lastly, yeah. dude, for me anyway, in my notes. Um, yeah, I spoke about how visually amazing the episode looked. Yeah, it's very very cool. And uh, Segan's music was was pretty sweet again this week. He's his music's been the best I think this series so far. Anyway. Yes, I, I must admit, I liked his music this week. There's a, a theme he played quite a lot with the Grand Serpent, this sort of uh, very um, moody, foreboding uh, theme, um, which I really liked. Um, and it, yeah, it came, I think it was every time he was about to kill someone, this sort of theme came in, <laughs> or, or maybe it was just after he'd killed them, this theme played, um, which I really liked. Um, yes, I agree with you. I think he's he's done doing it's still doing his thing but i think it's working a lot better with this series than it has mm-hmm. you know in the in previous years i still don't know if i was to put on the soundtrack i still don't know if uh, it works as just a soundtrack album but then it's not supposed to i suppose it is you know it's written for the program and that's what it's for but mm-hmm. you know what i mean i don't think it's going to be like when i put on the series 4 soundtrack and i'm like god oh, this is great stuff i think if i was was to put on the series 13 soundtrack could just play it as music it would be it's still that atmospheric stuff isn't it but i agree it's working very well in this series i'm, I'm liking what he's doing mm. no i agree dude yeah 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 and just lastly it was cool to see robert barthurst in there as farquhar the dude that's setting up unit 
Oh yeah, he was. I liked him. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned him because um, that was a quite uh, he gives that nice performance of being quite. I would say comedic character, but he's a bit of a buffoon, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. But he played. He managed to get the sort of level of the performance right, where he wasn't too stupid, but he was. Um, yeah, it, it was just a nice performance. I thought, and I, I liked his character. And there was a nice moment, wasn't there, when he realised that the serpent was an alien. And his face drops. Oh, the scanner thing, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was a cool moment because he's like, oh, that can't be right. And then the serpent's like, you're such a fool. And his face is just like, oh, my God. You Mm -hmm. know, I I just thought it was a nice performance from him. Yeah, it was cool, yeah. Playing the bumbling sort of British, you know. Mm -hmm. Todd Hunter from Red Dwarf, series one. Oh, is that where I know him from? Yeah. I've I've seen him in lots of things, I think. But yeah, I recognise him. Oh, he's been in loads, loads. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Righty, I've got nothing else, dude. Have you got anything else? No. Oh, actually, just very quickly, what did you think of Kate Stewart? Um, oh, Kate Stewart, yeah. From There was quite a big thing about her coming back last week, wasn't there? Kate Stewart's back! She was hardly in it. I'm assuming, again, she'll be scrabbling for screen time. <laughs> uh, but I'm assuming she's... I mean, that's not going to be all we see of her, surely, because she's gone dark, she said, didn't she? Mm-hmm. Osgood, I'm going dark. Surely that's not going to be all we see of Kate Stewart. I can't see that, no. I can't see that being the last time we're going to see her she must be in it next week she i must would hope so but what, what yeah it's good to see her back though yeah oh definitely yeah she's good performance yeah, yeah she plays that yeah yeah kate stewart's such a cool character really strong and and uh yeah just very cool and it's a shame she didn't have as much screen time as i thought she, i thought it was going to be to be honest i thought she was going to have more screen time than than the doctor for some reason i thought it was going to mm. be a real unit uh heavy thing but no i think uh as a character um, you know, Gemma Redgrave, she always plays that consistently well. You know what you're going to get yeah. with, with Kate Stewart, but just not just not in it enough, you know, and yeah. I, I forgot she was in it. <laughs> you know, after all the hype, I mean, the, the, the BBC Twitter account have been throwing up, lo- you know, pictures of her and everything and making quite a big deal about Kate being back. And I genuinely, had, and when she popped up on screen, was like, oh yeah, God, I forgot Kate was in it this week. Um, mm. And then she was only in it for probably... A couple of minutes at the most. There's only that scene with the Grand Serpent and a very quick scene when her house gets blown to pieces, <laughs> gets <Yeah>. blown up. <laughs> um, I, I'm also thinking of the scene where Yaz, there was a, f- a strange scene at the start, wasn't it, where someone left some dynamite and Yaz covers <laughs> it with a blanket. <laughs> what What on earth? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no, but yeah, going back to Kate Stewart, I, it is great to see her back. I, I do hope she is in it uh, this week because that would be a shame otherwise. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but okay. I've got anything else to say. Cool, cool. Right, time for scores then, dude. It's you to go first, I think. It is me. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to be slightly higher than you this week by the sounds of it. So I'm going with a six point five. Um, it wasn't a particularly well written episode, but I something about it. I did. En- I did enjoy watching it, <laughs> okay. but um, but it wasn't great. But it was all right. Yeah, six point five. Okay, okay, cool, dude. Uh, I am going to give this a four out of ten. Oh, you've gone up to a four because you were on a three. Watch what what, what up yeah. your score? Uh, up my score was just thinking about um, just some of the visual design stuff that we spoke about, and just how gorgeous some of the episode looked, and mm-hmm. you know, and it's, you can't do not, and and also it's um. There were a couple of little scenes that were okay, but the main part is the reason why my score is so low is because the whole episode feels like 
a bunch of deleted scenes that they've cobbled together and this is a special features thing on the on the blu-ray it's like here's a an episode we cobbled together of all of the deleted scenes and stuff that we didn't actually use in the series but you know it's a nice filler that explains some of the cool stuff that we actually did it feels like that to me there was one scene that was quite unintentionally funny very cringy was when um it's there's a scene where they're sort of uh yaz dan and jericho it's like a montage of them looking through maps and <laughs> shaking their head that was so tacky yeah i would have i would have did i would have deleted that scene and kept it deleted that was so <laughs> 1990s tacky yeah um, i was fully I expecting believe it <laughs> i was fully expecting to see a map with like little red dots appearing yeah they, they did do it didn't they oh, did they, they did that did, oh, with the, no. when they went to the great wall of china oh yeah they did map. yeah they yeah. did it oh they went there oh they yeah went that there. was that was total cringe <laughs> um just one last thing actually one very last thing did you find the hermit scene funny because I, I did a lot of people thought it was awful <laughs> i really like the hermit scene oh mate it's no i i liked it because it was intentionally um intentionally I thought, funny i found it funny I but it needed it yeah but it's just completely out of place and random i mean i know maybe that's a benefit to the episode i'm not sure but he but, was funny wasn't he though but what He's a like, time, i'm though. joking again yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was bad but i i still thought it was funny <laughs> but what a time though to impl- include that in the episode i mean that's a, again one of those things where you know if the doctor was trapped as an angel for more of the episode they could have explored that a bit more. We could have found out a bit more about that dude and yeah. why he needed Carvanista or just the dog, as he put it. You know, come back with your dog sort of thing. Find your dog, yeah. That was, again, so yeah. How are they going to explain that one? Where's he going to come back up next week? How's Carvanista going to time travel back and see them and visit that dude? And I don't know, dude. I don't know. So many, so many questions. And, and another yeah. big question, why did they decide to advertise class after this week? <laughs> Go on, don't forget, class is still available on BBC <laughs> iPlayer. I'm like, class? Dragging that dragging that old um, <laughs> yeah. thing up again. God, eerie me. Like, yeah. you know, you're starting to just get a little <laughs> bit of credibility back. Don't go and ruin it all. Yeah. That's a bit of a weird one, isn't it? They that never was do weird. that. Was that a mistake? Yeah, they never say... <laughs> go and watch class. Well, they do obviously advertise cool things that are currently on iPlayer that you can go and watch and but they never go back to the old stuff really and especially something like class that's like a bit of a flash in the pan yeah. unless you're a Doctor Who fan you wouldn't really know it's a bit strange yeah I'd forgotten all about it yeah I was like oh my god class yeah, yeah. lots of questions not many lots answers of questions, yeah mm. maybe it's coming up to that time of year where they start to sell their shows internationally again and they need a little <laughs> spike in their viewing ratings they can sell class for a few beans and <laughs> doubt it there we go so yeah. all right then so not great on this one for me dude a little bit better for you but mm-hmm. yeah four from me 6.5 from him then let's see what our listeners think so we're going to go to the i don't know if this is an indication of where the series has gone but we've come right down on the amount of people who are taking time to do audio oh, really? reviews. so uh this week then let's hear from joe turner martin arnold toby coleman and neil campbell so, one episode to go to the series finale, I must say that I've been impressed so far. Though I do think it's gone very much set-up, standalone, set-up, standalone, set-up, so hopefully next week's is good. Um, the plotline with Carvanista and Bell and Vinda, uh, it was there. Though we had some good moments with Carvanista. 
dad Yaz and Jericho had some brilliant moments and I like how Yaz is taking control and especially that moment where she was speaking to the hologram doctor and they knew what they were going to say to each other, that was nice. Who'd have thought that we'd have seen Tectaeun yet as she's trying to destroy the universe because the doc of the doctor. Her bargain with the doctor was good, still think the Ud looked and sounded a bit off but I think that was just me. And unit being back. Oh, that was so nice with the references to the war machines and even include a line of classic Brigadier dialogue. I also must admit that that snake creature really did creep me out. I don't know why. But Kate Stewart being back, I thought they were going to kill her off at one point. But no, Kate Stewart being back and on top of things and I can't wait to see more of her next week. So until next time, Alon Z. Alright guys, how's it going? said it before the timeless child arc is the worst plot line in doctor who history and i know it's not a case of life and death because at the end of the day it's a tv show but it's just got so disappointing now that i don't even think russell t davis is going to be able to save it honestly i think doctor who is on a negative spiral now the fact that they've ripped out 60 years of canon like i don't understand why they made such a big deal about Jodie Whittaker being the first female doctor when she's now not the first female doctor and I've no doubt that Joe Martin will show up next week and she's very good and they've actually written her character far stronger than the actual doctor I just can't I, I just I despair I, I just don't think it's ever going to recover now and a friend of mine even texted me and said they saw a bit of it and we're just like what on earth is going on awful I just can't. Doctors pre William Hartnell and all, I just, no, I'm sorry. I just, I appreciate you can put things in the canon as like if you make it work, but this just doesn't work. It just destroys it. Not even a reference to the great Brigadier Lethbridge Stewart can save it. And even then that reference doesn't even make sense because in the web of fear, he was actually a colonel that wasn't in unit. So anyway, oh, I don't know. Zero out of 10, cheers. I think that was one of the best episodes of Doctor Who I've ever seen. I'm just teasing you. It was terrible. It was slightly less terrible than uh, the previous episodes. I did quite enjoy the incoherent adventures of Yaz, Dan and Jericho as they implausibly travelled around the world and through time. They, they go backwards in time after they meet Williamson on the boat. How? They go back to 1904. Their journey takes years. How did they get out of the village? How do they escape the angels? Where's Peggy? What what part of this story am I supposed to care about? None of it makes sense. Whole stuff with, with Tech Taeyun is awful. The division are stupid. We still don't know what Azure and uh, Swarm are doing, or what the what on earth's going on. They are the worst villains. They've got the terrible makeup, awful costumes. This this whole thing is is a giant car crash. And at this point, I've, I've just I've just relaxed into the sort of the morphine-induced haze that, that is the afterglow of this mess. It, it's just it's it's mind-boggling how incoherent it is. That, I haven't even mentioned the Grand Serpent, and I'm running out of time for this review. I don't even know what to start. He, he, Fifty years, the guy creates unit just to sell her to the Sontarans. The guy they've introduced this guy at the last minute. I, I give it a five out of ten. Um, uh, just teasing, 4 out of 10. Survivors of the Flux, I found this a satisfactory episode. I think that if it was just 
exploring the plot of Whittaker with Tetayun, I would have got quite bored because it was very heavy on exposition. And as much as I like the stuff with the division, you need that outlet. And I think the plot with the Grand Serpent and the Origins of Unit provided that. Craig Parkinson is wonderful casting as the Grand Serpent. And it was just great to see all the old references to, you know, Unit in the 60s. And hearing Nicholas Courtney over the um, speakers was just brilliant. Um, the stuff with Yaz than Professor Jericho was really interesting and I think once again Yas was just brilliant and I think Manda Gill now has really cemented herself into that role as the companion. The stuff with Tectaeum was good, I did see the old woman being Tectaeum for a mile off uh, and that cliffhanger at the end was just brilliant and I'm really excited to see next week. I can't wait to see the Grand Serpent and the Centaurans working together and yeah Kate Stewart's on the run so overall I enjoyed this episode uh, but it's definitely a lot of setup but I did want to see more of Swarm and Azure thank you yeah it's not sounding good uh, no for the most part there was a there was a couple of um, a couple of people not minding this one but yeah Martin's still on the old he's not happy no, and I'll tell you what I, I've listened uh, to a couple of re- I listened to a couple of reaction podcasts, and the you know the Dot Two Show being one of them, and I also love the Lost on Gallifrey podcast guys. They absolutely hated it this week. They mm. destroyed it, and I was like, my god, I was really shocked at their reaction. Um, yeah, it's a re- it's another episode, isn't it? It's just such a mixed bag. Yes, yeah. Mm. What did you lot think over on the socials then? Over on Twitter, Doctor Who Home says best episode of the series exclamation mark yeah since episode one i'd found myself falling back into how i felt during series 11 and 12 but this fixed all my problems the separate narratives felt right jody was written well chibnall um accidentally did something actually did something with his ideas ambitious and and exciting eight out of ten wowzers okay courier of who says this was a little manic a little rush but it was enjoyable a solid seven Mm. uh jordan shortman one of our writers said oh yeah he said, uh, well, it's uh, certainly a lot. I liked it overall, though I felt it was very manic. Learning more about the Doctor's origins isn't bothering me, but it mm-hmm. was Yaz, Dan and Jericho scenes I enjoyed the most. Kate Stewart owned the episode, though. Really looking forward to next week. Jordan's, uh, I think Jordan's going to be at the BFI screening, dude. Shall I, oh, shall cool. I give him a slap from you? Or? Yeah, give him a backhander <laughs> for that. Yep. Yep. No, I'm looking forward to seeing you, Jordan. <laughs> Zombie Who says, I was enjoying Flux as a fun Doctor adventure and it had lots of promise, but I am disappointed that the timeless child stuff, I don't like it, has been pushed to the forefront and the Flux story almost on the back seat. Mm. Four out of ten. Oh, Yeah. Uh, the 51st Doctor, a very cool name, says, I thought this episode was pretty poor. Far too many plot threads Humour that felt flat. Flux started off well, but apart from the Angels episode, has gone downhill fast. Can't wait for Chibnall to bugger off. The writing <laughs> is just all over the place. Five out of ten. <laughs> dear, oh dear. Chippy T. Well, I'm loving it all, and I think Jodie has been superb. Sounds like Moss from the IT crowd. And I'm loving yeah. it. Uh, timeless oh, child stuff is an opportunity, not here, not heresy. The Radio Free Scaro guys made a good point, saying some content has been squashed, squeezed, and rushed because of COVID. I wish people would stop moaning. Enjoy, enjoy 8.5. Okie dokie. Well, I'm sorry, Chippy T. I've moaned a lot on this one. Yeah. Actually, no, I'm not sorry. 
Chippy T, we disagree, but that's cool. That's all good. Davros, Davros1736 says, a bit of a mess which has no chance of being wrapped up successfully next week. The main plot is the least interesting point. Very odd. Five out of ten. Marco Bricks UK says, mentioned to Adam, I would give this a 6.5, but really, it's so hard to judge episodes that are bit parts. It's like trying to rate a book you've only read half of. We are so used to having stories over one, maybe two. P.S. Mm. I want Swarm and Azure to eradicate the trinket. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm. And lastly on Twitter, Sarah Louise, a running Whovian, says, This episode Mm. held my attention throughout, but I think that had more to do with the fitting backwards and forwards between times and locations. Uh, Often not making much sense, rather than me enjoying it. It was good to get confirmation, referencing Tectoon, and of course, great to see Unit 6 out of 10. Cool. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, Sarah. Uh, Over on Facebook, Charlie Turner says, What a mess. What a complete mess. Did I mention that this part of the story is a mess? Nice to see Kate Stewart back there. Mm, Joseph Howarth, I'm going to try my best to be patient with this one. Obviously, the virus had something to do with what happened behind the scenes and they needed to change things around, but it definitely feels like several different episodes were lumped together Uh, and goes on to give it a 2 out of 10. Oh, my word. Yeah. Yeah, you have to read the full review on Facebook. Uh, Joseph's Mm. not happy. Not happy. Uh, one of our other writers, Harry, says, what the heck has happened? This was bad, in my opinion. Shame, because it started off so well. Uh, Daniel Hickey says, been really enjoying it all so far, but afraid to say, uh, I'm just going to tie this while I'm... Hold on, let me start again. Been really enjoying it all so far, but afraid they are going to just tie this up, this whole thing up, in the last five minutes of the next episode. Mm. Hoping some spills over to the specials, but all in all, very enjoyable. Okay. Okay. Cool. Uh, I think you're right there, Dan. I think next week it's all going to be fluff, 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 and then the five, final five minutes, Dan's going to fall on that reset button. Oh, it's all no. going to be tied up. Yep. <laughs> Mark Hugill says Kevin McNally was great. Shame he's in the uh, mess of an episode. Uh, we should try to get too many ideas into a small space again. The previous cliffhanger of the Doctor becoming an angel lost its impact very quickly. Is she still an angel in our universe? I have no idea. The unit timeline gets more confused too. Absolute drivel, two out of ten. <laughs> Sorry, just like, oh, I do like that word. Drivel. And Leslie Shergold, lastly, says, another good one. Lovely to see more of Kevin McNally in Raiders of the Lost Flux. I see a big <laughs> finish boxer in the future for those three. Oh, yeah, it'd be good on big finish, yeah. Yeah. Uh, nine good ones in a row after a series and a half of absolute dross. If only Chibbers had taken <laughs> the Broadchurch approach and linked the stories at the very beginning of series 11. Uh, gives it a wow. 7.5. And that's the other thing to consider, dude, is that we're all saying the flux is destroying the air, the universe, and, and all that yeah. sort of stuff. Because we're now in this multiverse thing, which Tectoon explicitly says, she says, she says, think of it as like a multiverse, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. This could all be happening in another universe, dude. Oh, my word. This could be, you know, it could just be like, yeah, fine, shut that universe down, whatever. <laughs> and then we just cut back to Earth and everything's cool and like, oh, I thought you destroyed it. Yeah, no, that would, no, don't pay that's attention to that. Yeah, that was the other universe. The universe. <laughs> don't worry about them. Exactly. Because if you remember an episode at the end of episode one, was it? Where the Doctor gets zapped by the Flux. Yeah. Who knows where they ended up? They could have zapped them to just a whole other universe. And don't worry, everything you know and love about all the rest of Doctor Who is safe in this universe over here. It's all good. My, my brain hurts. Yeah. Anyway, thank you very much, guys, for taking the time to give us your reviews. Real mixed bag, this one, dude. Really mm. divisive, this one. We had a 2 out of 10, the lowest, up to a 9 out of 10. So take from that what you will. 
Yeah, indeed. Next week then, dude. Go on, Emma. Well, this is it, isn't it? It's make or break. This will is the, it. Will the, this <laughs> is it. Will the wheels come off the car? Will it collapse <laughs> under its own weight or will it make it to the finishing line? We don't know. But uh, yeah, so it'll be, it's called the va- Vanquishers. Vanquishers. Vanquishers, yeah. The Vanquishers, yeah. Just carefully say that. Oh, if you do. The Vanquishers. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah. So, um, yeah, so an hour long uh, to try and wrap up all this stuff. Should be interesting, but. Mm. there we go I think we're wrapped there dude for 334 alrighty thank you thank you thank you for listening to this week's show that was episode 334 it's been great to have you here as we've waffled and moaned about this week's review episode survivors of the flops of the flops yeah that was a four from me 6.5 from adam so yeah here's hoping then at the finale doctor who finales are usually pretty sweet so we'll see we'll see what happens but this is chippers after all but there we go so next week look out for our request on the socials to give us your thoughts and reviews that will go out as usual on Monday for the finale so we'd love to have your thoughts on the uh, on that next episode so look out for that in the meantime remember to follow the podcast in whatever podcast app you're listening on so you don't miss a show when they land every Friday we're on the socials too Instagram, Twitter and Facebook there are links to those on the website which is bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk come and give us a like and a follow we'll chat Doctor Who throughout the week and on the website you can read all of the articles and reviews from the writing team to do that and we have a free discord server so sign up to that and chat more Doctor Who with a really cool community of Who fans over on the discord server and remember to check out Adam's channel over on YouTube the calendar video is coming up soon (laughs) so go and check out the Geek's Handbag the Geek's Handbag yes on all the socials as well nattering away the early hours of the morning (laughs) believe me he's not lying no when he says that <laughs> yep. uh, right so that has been 334 come back next week for 335 when we wrap this whole thing up and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you then so until then uh, stay safe and stay healthy my name's Gary my name's Adam and remember and, and... and...